Hello, you're listening to Drawn to the Flame, a podcast for fans of Arkham Horror, the card game. We're sometimes fortnightly, we're sometimes monthly. I'm your host, Frank, and today I'm joined by... It's me, Peter. Hello, Frank. Hi, Peter. I was just thinking, should I have like little the jingling of sleigh bells for this episode? Ooh, at the start. yeah. Good. You a, a jingle bell version of the theme tune. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> creepy jingle bell version. How are you doing, Peter? Doing great. Much better than last week. It's uh, glad to hear it. I think winter has really hit. Oh, it has indeed. It's cold, very cold. I was down south and was surprised to discover that that was a lot colder than up north, weirdly. The world is upside down and frosty and deep and crisp and even. So yeah, it was great. <laughs> yeah, classic. It, it's Christmas time, it's holiday season, so we're going to yeah. sit back, steaming mug of cocoa and dig into the mailbag. Questions sent in by patrons. Thank you so much, patrons, for sending them in. At the end of the year, it's nice to reflect and answer other people's questions. So that's what we're doing today. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What's, what what questions have we got then? Are you going to rustle into the bag and pull us out a question? Rustle away. I'm going to add more sound effects maybe of rustle, rustle, rustle. <laughs> some sort of terrifying creature in the undergrowth. So first question is from Dee Dee. Hey, Frank and Peter. I hope you're fine. We are. Thank you. My question is a pretty standard one. What's the most fun investigator build you've ever played? Ever played. Wow, this is a... Thanks, Dee Dee. Yeah, thank you, Dee Dee, for sending the question in. It's a good question, this. Well, sort of a good question. It's a very open question. Very open, yeah. Honestly, I'm having a lot of fun playing the Daryl build that we had... We we did our test game with Mm. Daryl and Kaimani. And that build of Daryl, and I'm playing a similar build of Daryl in Carcosa at the moment. I'm having a Mm -hmm. lot of fun playing that. That build is Butterfingers? It's it's yeah it's it's a it's a number of things but fingers is in there and there's a bit okay. of difficulty reduction type stuff as well. It's hard not to have difficulty reduction in Daryl. Yeah, it's sort of baked in, really, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah. that's a lot of fun. Generally, I prefer decks where I can do a lot of stuff. Mm. I had a lot of fun playing Patrice when we did Dream, uh, Dream Eaters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was a lot of fun. I've had fun. I had a lot of fun playing Preston. What did I... I did Preston in a couple of campaigns, I think. You did Preston and Joe through TCU. Yeah. <laughs> no willpower mega team. It was tough. That was tough, but it was it was good fun. <laughs> mm, Preston mm. just had the most ridiculous setup every single game. Mm, yeah. It was like... like I had, double charisma. Yeah, it was, it was... So I had like Pete, Lola and Delilah all in play. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. What do you want to do this turn? Yes, stat line. Yeah. Flowing. yeah, exactly. Uh, and then Daniela. I really enjoy playing Daniela as well. Doing like, well, just, just standard Daniela stuff, really. Mm, yeah, you really raved about that. Yeah, I, so I, I played Daniela through a campaign. I also played Daniela in a standalone in War of the Outer Gods, not dogs. <laughs> yeah. And I had the, the survivor knife, and then it was just like hacking apart swarming enemies. Mm, that mm-hmm. felt so good to do. It was really like, just that deck was really singing when I played that scenario. I had a Daniela experience that was very similar with Jessica and Pete and just taking hits from swarms and firing damage back and tearing through the swarms. She's not a good, like, trilogogs should really beware attacking Daniela because she just machine guns back into yeah, them yeah. all of their damage. Anything swarming, she just takes apart, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. Breaking up a big enemy into lots of small enemies is <laughs> ideal for her. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I think this is actually secretly quite a clever question because I don't know how often I sit and evaluate my decks based on fun, <laughs> which might sound perverse given that we've spent all this time talking about a game. Yeah. But I, we I, think about it in terms of efficiency or maybe something that feels different or novel or pulling off a a combo that we like. Well, the idea you, of just gone. No, no, I was going to say that you've just popped it into my head. The, the, the campaign we did where we played Trish and Jackie, mm. Jay Fine, which we, yeah. we didn't finish, but we, we got a good way into uh, Return to Forgotten Age. We could finish one we day. We could finish. We come back to it. Yeah, we still got the, the deck saved. That was a, a curse build mm. with with uh, you playing Trish, me playing Jay Fine. And that mm-hmm. was really good. We, we, yeah. wasn't necessarily good. <laughs> I don't think we had as smooth a time of it as we could have done if we'd really optimised our decks. But it was so much fun making two decks that work together so closely like we did there. Yeah. And the deck building was so intertwined. Yeah. And and actually the piloting was similarly that. Do you need curses in right now? Are you ready to use them? And it it really forces that engagement as opposed to sitting at the table and one person's like, well, I get clues, so I'm going to do that now. See you. Yeah. <laughs> Which sometimes it can feel like. I think there's some investigators that I enjoy the flow of playing them, which yeah. I suppose leads to fun. And I find that a lot with skill-based investigators. So Silas is a really good example. There's been so many times where I've put together a Silas deck and it does. I tried to convince you of this before you'd played Silas, of how fun it is to play Silas and the tide flowing in and out of skill cards being committed and then returning to hand. Yeah. And there are a few things better, I would say, than pulling an Elder Sign in Silas. And if you're playing with his replacements from the novels managing to commit nautical prowess from your discard pile and get it back to hand. Oh, that's so good. That's making me happy yeah. just thinking of that I, now. I suspect, I'm going to whisper this, that Silas might be my favourite investigator. Well, I was going to say, one of the challenges of answering this question is I find answering the question behind what you've just said, as in, what is your favourite investigator? I find that really hard to answer because mm-hmm. there's so many and there's so many different ways of playing. The other person I've been really enjoying playing is my Amanda deck for Think on Your Feet. Oh, yeah. I, re- I think Amanda is really good. And I've said on air, I think she's a really good solo investigator because of how she works. But I, th- I think what I'm I'm enjoying face checking for Think on Your Feet. I think that's added for me like an extra layer of excitement. I'm not I'm not coming into scenarios with a plan of what I'm going to do. I'm coming into scenarios and reacting live on air, and I find that really exciting. But then I also really enjoy talking about that deck. Sometimes when I've played Think on Your Feet decks, the deck almost plays itself and you know what to do, and it's like, okay, this turn I need to play this card, go here, get a clue. Whereas with Amanda, it feels like the the Amanda decision point at the start of investigation prompts what I hope is really interesting commentary from me. It certainly prompts interesting thoughts for me, whether they sound interesting is another question. So yeah, I really I really like that as well. I think particularly I like that because it's nice to play a Seeker solo. Historically, playing Seeker solo was hard work. So having a Seeker that feels really fast and fun and powerful is really enjoyable. I'll just add that Charlie deck I talked about in the last episode. I did enjoy it. But that would be an example for me of not the most fun. Right. Because what I actually notice is you end up doing a lot of maths. 
<laughs> you almost need little stickers underneath the skill icons that just tell you what each card is worth in terms of exhaust points. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because because uh, Bonnie is a plus three. So you get there in the end, but just learning, okay, that's plus three, that's a plus two. You know, Girish is a plus three willpower or a plus two anything else. Is it a willpower test? No. Okay, am I using Girish for Girish's ability or for the icon? Yeah, that <laughs> that takes the edge off the enjoyment for me. So yeah, but yes, let's move on. Next set of questions are from Pavel. Three quick questions, he claims. First of all, uh, Frank, you're a well-known solo player. Do you plan on running a solo Carson campaign? <laughs> yes or no? I should need a yes or no, Frank. Yes. Wow, okay. Well, and I think it's a, a well, big well, well, challenge. What? You just, I said yes or no. <laughs> okay, fine, Any elaboration? <laughs> Pavel didn't say yes or no. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I'm interpreting. Okay, next, okay, next wow. question I've got. <laughs> how, how do you build decks for campaigns? Do you create a level zero deck with upgrades in mind, or do you build an upgraded one and then scale down to level zero? Well, for the solo Carson campaign I'm planning on running... Oh, you snuck in. <laughs> yes. Right in there on no. a technicality. I, so I'll answer this more seriously. I do normally create a level zero deck, and I need to get better at planning my upgrades in mind. And I think... If I was pushed, I would say that the better way to do it is actually to build the upgraded deck and then scale down. Interesting. But I should get more into the habit of doing that. One of my biggest stumbling blocks when playing is that I spend a lot of time building my level zero deck. I play a scenario and it performs admirably. And then I need to work out what my XP is. And I go, oh, I'll do that another time. And I want to get a bit better at knowing where I'm headed. How about you, Peter? I, I would say, I, uh, first of all, I would say, I think we did talk about this on one of our episodes. Mm, I think so too. I think my current thought process is probably to design a sort of 5 to 10 XP deck mm-hmm. and then stream that down. Because um, that tells you so what you're... So you're sitting firmly on the fence here between the two <laughs> Well, no, but I, it's not yeah. a level 0 deck. If it's got 5 XP yeah. in it, it's, if it's yeah. got 4 XP yeah. in it, it's not a level 0 deck, is it? Yeah, yeah, that's true. So, yeah, I, I think... I think that's probably the route I would go down because that gives you some... Often an idea for a deck will come to my head which features prominently some XP cards. Yeah, yeah. Um, but also I think it's worth having in mind which cards can be cut early on in the deck, in the deck's kind of life cycle, knowing what you've put in as replacements. If you've built like a balanced XP deck, what yes. does your... Am I cutting like an XP econ card for a, lower, for a level zero econ card? I think they're just yeah. probably what you want to be doing. And I think that's, yeah. in theory, what I do. How <laughs> it comes out in practice, <laughs> I'm not quite sure. What I think might really help with this is actually, and I know these, these resources exist out there, having a sense of how much XP I might get in a campaign. Because part of what holds me back planning the upgraded version is not actually knowing how well I'm doing. And I don't particularly like playing where I know all of my XP is planned out. And so that part of in-between scenarios is right. Just slot in the next two XP. That's fine. Just move on. I quite like making the decision at that point or discussing it. That's part of what I enjoy about the game. Oh, what are you upgrading? You know, what's... Has anything surprised you? Have you changed your mind on any cards? It's part of what I like about the customizables. that you... It's like another point of, is this card really at, at where I want it to be? Or... If I put another 2 XP in it, will it start to sing in a way that 
I've been aiming towards or whatever it is. So yeah, having a crib sheet of the approximate amounts of XP to expect would be really nice. Because sometimes I run into the situation where I play four or five scenarios and I reach the upgraded version of a deck. And then after that, XP is a little bit... you. <laughs> it's like all bonus at that point. You want to be running only Exile just to make it worthwhile. Yeah. So maybe yeah. I need to be more ambitious with my builds. And his third question, what's your biggest Arkham Horror highlight of this year, of 2022? This is a nice question. Uh, it made me think back over the, the various uh, Arkham, Arkham kind of events I've had this year. And there's been a few, like, you know, completing campaigns, playing with friends, um, events. I would say, if you pushed me, the most fun I had was playing Machinations Through Time in Epic Multiplayer mm-hmm. Mode at yeah. Tabletop Scotland. And I think that is the best. I said last week, if you can think back that long, Frank, that, mm-hmm. uh, what's that scenario called again? Fortune and Fortune Folly. Fortune and Folly. I said that was my favourite standalone. Mm-hmm. Um, Machinations Through Time, I think, is my favourite epic multiplayer. I think well, it, okay. it knocks all the rest. Well, I played it once, so I don't want to, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but <laughs> the first experience of playing it has been the most fun I've had with an epic multiplayer scenario. Someone was talking about it in the Discord the other day, and I maybe came across a little bit harsh when I said what I said, and I worry I put them off buying it. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, wow. Uh, which I said something along the lines of, it, it's kind of, the fun I had with it is so welded to the gimmick of having multiple tables playing it, I don't don't see how that would transfer across to solo. So I made that statement without having played it solo. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> what I will say is that I think if you can get if you can get a chance to play an epic multiplayer, especially if you haven't played it yet, just go for that. It'll be you'll have a really good time. And when it clicks how it works, you're like, ah, oh, this is so cool. And that's why <laughs> I've not played it yet. Yeah. <laughs> you, you'll have a really good time when you play it, Frank. The, the the kind of the concept of it makes a lot of sense, and it makes a lot of intuitive sense how things are working, and it's just great fun. Yeah. So so that that's probably me. How about you, Frank? Well, I think I played as Daniela with Pavel as Gloria in Mm. War of the Outer Gods. And I think that was this year. It was before I'd left London. So I think it was maybe February or March, maybe March. Unless it was last year, unless it was an Arkham. I think it was Blob for Arkham Knights last year. So I think it was just this year. If so, that was amazing fun. And that was, I was running... (laughs) I was being so obnoxious, actually. I'm not a very good person at events. <laughs> this is why I run. I, I had the amazing setup that I mentioned earlier of Jessica and Peter, and I had a fire extinguisher level three. So I was really kitted out nicely as Daniela to just soak for days and be awesome. But then I was also running Riot Whistle. And what I decided to do was record how many actions Riot Whistle had given me by just putting a dice on it and ticking up every time I used an action and getting excited about the riot whistle. And really the thing that you want to care about as Daniela is, you know, how many points of Tesla's damage are you doing and how how many enemies are you killing? But for some reason, I just started obsessing over riot whistle. And for everyone, they were very nice to me at the table and all joined in and said that that was funny. But <laughs> hindsight's a wonderful thing. I also, <laughs> I went and met new Arkham players up here as well. I've joined... Uh, I've got a single player group and then there's a larger group of people, people who've met at a convention and now all meet to play. So we played Blob with them. That was really fun. That was playing as an Amina, which was 
playing Amina at events is a really cool thing. <laughs> you like it's like playing Maria at events. You've got to be really on it with your Doom knowledge, and yeah. particularly playing with strangers, it's an extra enticing thing to be doing. So that was really good. And then we had I actually got to to do a sort of mini Iron Man campaign with a patron as well who was over in the UK. So that was oh, yeah. awesome as well. We did Edge of the Earth together and just over a couple of days played loads of Edge. It wasn't proper Iron Man, but we just had some beers, played loads of Iron Man together and no, loads of Edge of the Earth together. And yeah, it was really good fun. And it was just after Scarlet Keys had come out. So the, the player card, so loads of new cards to get excited about and chat about, which was really cool. So yeah, that was probably my number one highlight. Oh, fantastic. Well, speaking of a patron who came to the UK and he played with them, should we do a quick, <laughs> a quick question from Chris? Subject line, serious questions for serious people who take questions seriously. Okay, noted. Should, should we just pick one of these? or two? Chris, Maybe Chris, do a few. Do a few yeah. Chris has sent us an email which um, is probably more for our, our own enjoyment than for actually reading out on the podcast. Twelve questions. Yeah, hit me with one. Yeah, accidents happen all the time. What makes you think it was murder? <laughs> I don't know how to answer these questions. <laughs> you want to be well, a big because, cop because... in a small town? <laughs> <laughs> the reason it's murder is because you're found in the room holding a bloody knife, right? Yes, that's true. Yeah. So each the of these questions <laughs> have hyperlinks in them to Arkham yeah. DB cards. Another one is, you ain't seen Bad Boys 2? Question mark. Favourite which one. links... To Blinding Lights, Joey the Rat Vigil, and Chuck Fergus. Nice. <laughs> oh, that's the bad boys. The bad boys. <laughs> yeah. Is it true that there is a. <laughs> I, I won't try the West Country accent. Is it true there's a place in the ghoul's head where the, if you shoot it, it will blow up? <laughs> I don't think so, yeah, true, if but... anyone wants to write in and, and answer these questions for us, we'd be delighted that we'll read some more soon. <laughs> Do you know why we call them the Mandys? So good. That was quite good, yeah. So, yeah. I wonder if Chris's favourite scenario is for the greater good. Yeah, I was thinking that. You should have put that in the in the, <laughs> in the the um, subject line. Yeah. Greater good. So, thank you so much for joining us on Arkham Adventures through 2022. We hope you've had a fun time playing Arkham and a fun time listening to Drawn to the Flame. Thank you so much for the messages you've sent in, the thoughts, the comments, the questions. We really appreciate them. You can reach us. We're drawn to the flame podcast at gmail.com. We're drawn to the flame on Facebook, Twitter, on Design by Humans if you want to wear any drawn to the flame merchandise. And also, if you want to send us questions, you can become a patron. And some of the tiers allow you to send questions into us, which we periodically answer and have a lot of fun doing so. So, thank you so much for sending in questions and for supporting the cast in that way. Peter, how can people get in touch with you? I am United everywhere. That's U-N-I-T-L-E-D. You can find me on uh, Reddit and Twitter and our Discord server. And I'm also on Instagram as the.unitled. So yeah, please say hello. How about you, Frank? I'm around the place as Zooey Glass, Zozo. I do stuff on ArkhamDB, so you might see my name there. I'm on Discord as Zooey Glass. So yeah, likewise, please say hello. Bro, thank you. Thanks very much for listening. Mm-hmm.